You're listening to The Lovish Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Sita Hood, vision architect and licensed therapist. Each week, I'm going to help you to develop the belief and strategy necessary to make an immediate impact on the world by deep diving into topics like mental wellness, faith, relationships, and you guessed it, love. I should mention before we hop into the show, this is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist. You ready? Let's get it. Welcome back for another episode of the Lovish Podcast. My name is Dr. Sita Hood, vision architect and licensed therapist. It is a pleasure to be sharing these airways with you and this video space with you. You may notice if you watched last week's episode that I'm wearing the same thing. That is because I recorded this episode all on one day. So what's in my mug is still going to be the creme brulee latte from Starbucks holiday drink. And of course, we have handy dandy water in our Starbucks cup, our Starbucks water cup. I just like to collect the water cups, y'all, because... They be so cute and they're collector's items. Anywho, how am I feeling mentally, physically? What's in my mug there today? I think that when there are seasons that are fast paced and transitional seasons, they require a lot, very similar to training, like going through a training. However, I am maintaining, right? As a therapist who has been also through therapy myself, I am very aware of um, certain habits and patterns that I have, uh, which is how the wellness measurement scale was developed because I used to crash and burn at one end of the spectrum or the other, but now I stay within a four to seven level of functioning optimal functioning level between a four and a seven. And that might not make sense to some of you, but if you stay within a range and you don't let yourself completely burn out or get completely hyper focused and into everything, then you don't have to have the hard burn. Ideally, you want to stay in that optimal level, everything in moderation. So I would say that I am probably at a five. Okay, let's jump into today's episode. This is part two. If you haven't watched or listened to part one, you are definitely going to want to do that because that is the foundation for what we're discussing today. You cannot move on to part two if you haven't done the work for part one. Part one, I had you dig deep and explore six experiences in your past so that we can build a core communication template, like your core preferences for communicating. So in this episode, we're only interested in dissecting the negative conversations so we can improve our conversation as a whole. Okay, so you have your three negative conversations already, and we've already kind of tapped into the positive and built our communication preferences from the positive dynamic. So now we're going to dive into the negative dynamics. An expert tip before we get started is to look for the expression of emotions rather than the insult or the shade, okay? I want you to see beyond the basic emotion of anger that springs up in you, and I want you to listen for the person's heart in the conversation. I know that's really hard to do, especially if it's something that's heated, and you might be like, Dr. Hood, what the heck are you talking about? Okay, 
example here. If your friend says, oh, girl, you bougie now. You got that new job. You don't got time for nobody else. You act like you don't care about no relationships. And if you die today, the job will replace you tomorrow. Now, I know some of us is like, oh, hold on. I got to clap back for shorty. Like, I know, I know. Y'all ready? Hold your horses. That is painful. Ouch. It hurt. I want you to acknowledge that that hurts. But the underlying feeling here is hurt, sadness, and rejection. This person feels that you don't check on them or care about them and you've replaced them. That is what is underneath their statement. And they threw some jabs likely as a defense mechanism. Now, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying be a doormat, okay? We definitely confront the disrespect over here, okay? But the point is, we don't dwell on the disrespect. And as petty as I know some of us can be, we not going to attempt to insult them back, okay? I know, I know. That's why I said, ouch, it's painful. It's painful. But we're not going to insult them back. And sometimes our brains are wired only to hear the attacks. So we tend to miss the person's heart. But if we raise our level of self-awareness, it inevitably leads to our growth. So when you are thinking about these conversations, if you notice that you have negative interactions with the same person or same type of people, I want you to go back again from episode one or part one of this two-part series and really tap in and explore what it is that happens. Do you notice that conversations are harder at a specific time for this person? Like, I really want you to dive in deep. When we are more self-aware, our own self, aware of the baggage that we carry, aware of how we see ourselves and what we believe, it makes it easier to have these conversations, right? Because if I'm carrying around a thought that people think I'm bougie and somebody says like, oh, you bougie now, that may automatically elicit a response from me that I don't want to give this person versus if I have that thought and I'm being mindful and I've thought about it, journaled about it, processed it and told myself, I'm not being bougie. This is just what's required of me in this season. I love this person and maybe even have a response prepared for when someone says that, that would for sure shift the tone of the conversation and how the conversation ends or moves forward from there. Does that make sense? If it makes sense, let me know in the comments. Let me know. And if you're listening to this episode, screenshot it, upload it to your Instagram story, tag me so that I can reshare and we can start a conversation. Personality comparison is the first thing that we're going to consider when we're talking about elevating our communication. So for this episode, you need to have one specific person in mind, okay? One, just one for this one. If you want to go back and you want to dissect more than one conversation at a later date or, you know, after you've worked through all of this with one person, then I think that would be good to do. But for now, we're just going to start with one person. And eventually this will become a seamless process without much thought as you are actively having these conversations. Gotcha, person? Okay, so I want you to consider their personality versus your personality 
to decide how to approach this conversation. And I want you to consider if this is something that the person might deem offensive, not offensive, like let's gauge where we are. Like what might this conversation elicit frustration? Like what type of emotion would this person maybe feel? in this conversation. And that may also help you with deciding where, when, and those different types of things. If this is a person that you consistently bump heads with, then someone has to adjust. And if you're the person that's listening to this episode, I ain't gonna hold you, it's probably you. It's probably you because the other person, nine times out of 10, is not going to be listening to an episode on how to elevate their communication. So it's probably going to be you. Okay. So once you've considered the person's personality and you've gotten over the fact that you've got to be the person to adjust if you want things to go smoothly, then you want to think about the person's preferences versus your preferences. And you want to meet again in the middle as much as possible. So when I'm talking about making an adjustment, I'm not talking about becoming a whole new person, but I am talking about demonstrating a level of self-control and compassion and empathy for where a person is. If you know that you have a higher level of emotional intelligence and self-awareness, then giving a person grace and conversation may look like not even pointing out that you are at a higher level of emotional intelligence and just accepting where the person is. That could be the adjustment instead of trying to make somebody see something in a particular way, maybe based on their life experiences and lack of emotional intelligence. They're just not in a position where they can see it. So the next step, again, is thinking about the person's preferences versus yours and meeting in the middle even with that because conversations are give and take. So thinking about meeting in the middle and preferences, when is the best time to talk to them? If they are a night owl, you are probably not going to want to call them at 7 a.m. and have this conversation. And if you are a morning person, but they are a night owl, then I would argue that the best time to probably have the conversation may be midday. And if not like noon or something like that, then maybe it's probably 5 p.m. just before you kick into okay, I'm off of this. I'm not thinking about that. My brain is in shutdown mode, but just they still have enough revving up in them because they're a night owl. So you want to think about when is the best time to talk to them? Is it best to talk to them before work, after work? Does this conversation need to wait till the weekend? You know, when is the best time to talk to them? When do they tend to be most receptive, open to chatting? And I want you to consider things that they might have said in the past about their preferred communication style. What does that actually look like? And if they haven't just flat out said anything about their communication style, then I want you to go back to the examples that you have. Maybe they fit in both the positive and the negative experiences of a conversation. And if they do, what was it in the positive that went well? What time of day was that conversation versus the one that was a negative experience? What time of day was that? 
what were the preferences? Was your tone loud? Were you guys in a private space? Consider all of that. An expert tip here is to aim for clarity in defining your needs versus vague statements that we tend to throw out. Uh, and I know you think you're being clear, but a lot of times you're not being that clear. An example that is based on our conversation in part one of this episode, here's an example of a vague statement. I need more support. That sounds simple enough. Dr. Hood, they can't understand. I need more support. I'm literally asking them for support. Very specific statement. If you could support me by taking out the trash and washing the dishes so there's less for me to do on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'd appreciate it. Very specific. You want support, but your support in this particular instance looks like doing something to take something off of your plate. Support for me could be asking you how your day was at the end of the day, talking on the phone. And that may not be what you're needing for support in this season or what you even perceive as helpful support in this season. Maybe the helpful support is you washing them dishes and you taking out them trash two days a week because those are my busiest days. And when I come home, I don't feel like doing it. So you have to be very clear in your communication. Vague verbiage leads to frustration. Clear communication leads to calm relationships. Okay, remember that. Another expert tip, feelings are not facts, okay? They are also not positive or negative in and of themselves. They just are. A lot of times we tend to associate negative connotations to a feeling, but feelings are just indicators. They just tell us what direction we're headed in. And they're like, hey, you should probably do something about this. Or, hey, you should probably let this exist. So for example, if I put my hand on a hot stove, the feeling that I get in my hand is pain. I'm like, oh, and I move my hand instantly. My feeling was not moving my hand. I moved my hand as a result of how I felt. So I felt the pain and I did something about it and I moved my hand away. So I want you to picture the feelings and conversations the exact same way. You are feeling an emotion. That means what's the response? We need to explore what our next action is based on our feelings. Again, facts are not feelings. The facts are exactly what happens. How a person feels is always going to be valid, okay? Communication is about expectations, alignment, validation, and being seen or being heard. And validation does not equal agreement. Validation means I see you, I respect you, and I value you as a human being. So many times in a lot of relationships, we don't want to say, I understand why you may feel that way. I see you. I hear you. I value you. We don't want to use those terms in our communication because we feel like we're saying, I agree with you. I am behind you. I am backing you. And that's not it. The basic form and purpose of communication is to be seen, to be heard, 
to be understood. And it's a form of showing a person that they're valued, that they're loved, that they're cared for. And it's the simplest gesture of, I see you, I hear you. I could understand why you would interpret it that way. That's not what I meant. And that's not an a-hole statement, you know, so even tone matters with how you say that. But again, creating the space for people to be seen and heard, okay? That is very, very important. And the final expert tip that I have for you is to look for evidence to support your beliefs instead of making assumptions, okay? Because a lot of times we will have a thought pop into our head and we will deem that thought as factual, but we don't have any evidence to back up what we perceive as facts. And a lot of times it's not facts, it's our feeling. It's how we feel about the situation. So look for the evidence to support your beliefs, okay? And I always advise people of I statements, I messages, using that in conversations is very helpful. And a couple of you have probably heard of this before, but what you want to do is use a statement like, I feel frustrated when I come home and the house isn't clean after you've been here all day. Do you think you could wash the dishes and take out the trash on Tuesdays and Thursdays? So that is very clear because it shares the exact emotion that you feel. It shares the exact action that the person did and it provides an alternative solution. So you want to think about emotion, action, solution. And you keep it focused on you rather than you are so lazy. I be working double shifts on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Then I come home and you got the house looking a wreck. No, that's going to start a fight already. Okay. Versus the way that we communicate. This is how I feel. This is what was done. Again, a factual thing. Here's what I would love for you to do. Now, you could change it from being so therapisty, but that is the best form of communication and most often gets you the response that you want to get. So I hope that you've enjoyed part one and part two of this series on how to elevate your communication. If you are enjoying all of this, then you need to join me for 24K weekend in Arizona this February. We are going to be at the Andes Luxury Resort and Spa in Scottsdale, Arizona. And let me just tell you, it is gorgeous. Need a couple details offhand? It's going to be four days of relaxation where you're going to learn nine masterclasses on cultivating your vision, commanding your day, revitalizing your relationships, renovating your narrative, releasing your voice. In addition to that, the resort has three pools, okay? Not one, not two, three pools that you have access to when you step outside of your Uber after you get away from the airport, you are greeted with a welcome cocktail, non-alcoholic or alcoholic, your choice, and you are escorted to your bungalow and you get to unpack, unwind. There is a spa directly on site at the resort and they have activities there. There is a restaurant with live chef demonstration, pastry cooking classes, pasta making classes. There are fitness classes that happen 
happen every day on the resort. There are hammocks throughout. It really is a peaceful environment. It's quiet, it's serene, and it's set up for you. So I hope that you will join me. If this sounds like something you'd want to do, I want to encourage you to apply using the link below. Space is limited, and I'd love to sit poolside with you in Arizona this February. It's time to talk about what I've been loving. Product recommendations, shout outs to family and friends, and overall gratitude. Let's get into it. Welcome back for another What I've Been Loving. This week, we gonna give it up for the Chanel, okay? Chanel Chans. But it's the AU Tendre. I don't know if I'm saying that right, y'all. Okay. But you know, they have the parfum and all of that. This one is the Tendre. I don't know how you say the differences between them, but I don't like the regular Chanel. I like the Chanel Chans. Mm, it's giving me very like floral notes. I just love it. I just love it. If y'all get a chance and you try this perfume, let me know how you feel about it. I'm going to have to say this is my fave, okay? I thought my favorite was um, Dior J'adore. See, I don't even, this is how I know I moved on. It's still sitting over there, but I can't remember which one. <laughs> Because I've been on the Chanel chance so much, but I still do love the J'adore from Dior, but the Chanel chance has had my whole entire heart. I've been in a chokehold all 2023, okay? <laughs> so if you're looking for a new scent, check it out. If you wear this, let me know. This is what I've been loving this week. If you enjoyed today's episode, share the love. Share with your mama, share with your auntie, share with your best friend. Then head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Reviews help the podcast to grow. Well, that's all I have for you this week. I'll see you out in these social media streets. Bye.